Welcome to Equestrian Movement's First Do No Harm podcast. I'm your host, Katie Boniface, co-founder of Equestrian Movement with Sarah Gallagher. We work with horse riders who want to build a stronger bond and a deeper connection with their horses. In our First Do No Harm podcast, we discuss with other industry professionals how to work with horses to firstly do no harm and secondly support their mental, emotional and physical well-being throughout the training process so that we have horses that enjoy learning and ask to be ridden. Each episode, we discuss the different influences our training can have and how we can improve our horses' overall athleticism, soundness of mind and body, and emotional fortitude, while strengthening and deepening our relationship with our horses. Each week, I will endeavor to bring to you a new episode on horse riding, training, handling and husbandry or an interview with other industry professionals to help you address where and why you might get stuck in creating the beautiful union of dancing souls that is the equestrian sport. Are you ready to kick off today's show? Let's get started. Hey team, Katie here from Equestrian Movement and today I wanted to share with you a coaching audio that you would be able to listen to while you're riding your horse to improve your position and your posture and your balance in the saddle. Since talking to Maeve, we've integrated a few of her little tips and tricks into our lessons at the barn and I wanted to see if I could share them with you over an audio coaching podcast. So if you enjoy this, <laughs> make sure you let us know. Give us some feedback if you'd like some more audio coaching podcasts. I would love to share them with you. And if you love it, share it with your friends. Jump in our Facebook group. The link is in the bio. Share with us your favorite part. So before we get started, I just want you guys to make sure that you're making safe choices <laughs> while you're listening to this audio. I know that uh, some barns won't let you listen to your headphones while you're riding. And if you are riding, make sure that your horse is relaxed and comfortable and comfortable with you wiggling around and adjusting your position. You may want to go through this audio first on a fitball and just get a feel for what you're trying to do. What we're looking at is how we activate our posture and deactivate our posture because we're going to use that in the saddle. So this one specifically is for improving the sit trot and developing our canna seat. As I coach through it, we're going to go through it as if I'm teaching someone on the back of a horse. If you're on the football, some of these things might not make sense, but you can try them next time you're riding. These exercises are going to include working without your stirrups and moving your legs in your seat around a bunch. So make sure that your horse is feeling comfortable and feeling safe for you to do this. Okay, so starting out, you're going to be sitting on the back of your horse. You can start this on the football and see how you go first, but uh, I'm going to coach it like you're on the horse. So what I want you to think about is your pelvis and imagine that your pelvis is a bucket and you're going to roll your pelvis back to tip the water out of the back of the bucket and then you're going to tip your pelvis forward to tip the water out of the front of the bucket. And then you're just going to have a little roll around back and forth there. See how far you can roll your pelvis back and tip the water out the back. See how far you can tip your pelvis forward and tip the water out of the front of the bucket. And just really wiggle into it. Let 
if it's making your back feel a little bit like it needs a stretch, stretch into it. Really let your pelvis get that movement back and forth and around on the horse's back. Paying attention to the fact that the horses don't always love (laughs) us rolling around like this on their back. So just be aware if your horse is starting to hold tension through their spine. Give them a little pat and say... You're right, but I'm just trying to get my seat better. (laughs) So once you've had that little roll around back and forth, you can spend some more time in it here if you like. Once you've really stretched into it and you've got that movement of back and forth through your pelvis, what I want you to feel is as if that pelvis was a bucket and you're holding the bucket upright so that it doesn't spill. So that is where we're going to start thinking about engaging our core. And when we are riding upward transitions, we've got our bucket in that upright seat so that the water isn't spilling and we're engaging our pelvic floor. So you want to think about switching your Wii off. So switching your Wii off is your upward transitions and switching your Wii on is your downward transitions. So just you know, making sure that when you do switch your wee on, you're not actually weeing yourself, you're just relaxing the muscles of your pelvic floor. So as you're rocking around, so have another go, roll your pelvis back, roll your pelvis forward, roll your pelvis back, roll your pelvis forward, and then sit up into your upright bucket and then switch your wee off. So you're going to engage your pelvic floor and then switch your wee on and you're going to relax your pelvic floor and this is going to start giving you some isolated control over your pelvic floor muscles we want to be focusing our attention into and refining our attention into what this feels like because this is what we're looking at doing with our riding is refining our aids away from having to use excessive bit pressure and leg pressure and being able to communicate to the horse purely from the muscle contractions in our pelvic floor and in our seat. So it you can't make this work without practicing it. What we're looking at is the first time that we do something new, we're sending a signal from our brain to the muscles. And that takes two months for that highway from the brain to the muscles to get really consolidated. So consider practicing just this rolling around with your bucket and switching the pelvic floor on and off for two months before you're really using it as an aid with your horse because the act of um, concentrating on actually switching that muscle group on and switching that muscle group off is basically your work at the moment for the next two months. So it takes two months, six to eight weeks for us to develop coordination, which is the signal from the brain to the muscle, three to four months to start seeing some muscle tone. So four months from if you start doing this today, you'll start to have some confidence and some strength in that area. And then six to 12 months is your bone density and your ligament density. So in within a year you'll be looking at this becoming second nature and you're not even going to be consciously aware of doing it unless you need to slow yourself down and become consciously aware of it so let's have one more little go there we're gonna pretend that our pelvis is a bucket 
And we're going to tip the water out of the front of the bucket, tip the water out of the back of the bucket, tip the water out of the front of the bucket, hold the bucket upright, switch your wee off, pelvic floor on, switch your wee on, pelvic floor off. So what you can do is you can play around with that. If you're on a football, uh, you can play around with that. And that one's a specifically good exercise that you could just do at home, hanging out in your lounge, watching TV on a football. So the next thing you're going to work on is opening your hips, the range of movement through your hips. Now, this one is can be <laughs> quite painful. Uh, if you've ever done it before, you'll know what I'm talking about potentially your hips will cramp. So when they cramp, they'll spasm up and it does really hurt. So just stay within a comfortable range of movement. Try not to push it too far. The thing is, is that as humans, we haven't been designed to fit a horse between our legs. (laughs) So it takes a little bit of work and it can be fairly uncomfortable, especially if you've got a horse with a wide barrel. We're working on opening our hips and our pelvis to fit our horse's leg, our horse's body between our legs. So sitting on your football or on your horse, lift your knee up, lift your knee out, and then reach back with your heel so that your heel is reaching for your horse's back hooves. So just do one leg at a time. You can also do two legs, but you can almost guarantee that your hip is going to cramp if you do both. And you want to find where that comfortable range of movement is. So do that one a couple of times, left leg, lift it up, take it out, reach your heel back to your horse's hooves, bring your leg up, bring your knee up, take your leg, take your knee out, reach your heel to your horse's back hooves. So you want to do that one a couple of times on the, through the left leg, and then you want to do it a couple of times with your right leg. If you're feeling quite bold and ambitious, you can do it with both legs. And then if you're feeling really comfortable and confident with your horse, I'll do this while I'm walking because that encourages my pelvis to move with the horse so that you're learning how to hold with your seat, not your legs. And then if you're feeling super, super bold, I'll do this with both legs and sometimes I'll do it in the trot as well. If you're looking at doing it in the trot, just remember that your seat can be quite concussive and your horse will potentially hollow away from it. So you want to make sure that you've got a really nice supple uh, seat and pelvic and pelvis if you're going to be doing this one in trot. So keep going. You want to do this a couple of times, both legs individually and then both legs together. What we're looking at is that you don't want to be hanging on with your inner thigh. And if you grab with your knee, it contracts your inner thigh. And as soon as your knee and your inner thigh are on, it tips your pelvis forward. As soon as your pelvis tips forward, your horse is working on the forehand. So sometimes we want our horses to go down onto the forehand into a nice long and low stretch. However, we want to have an awareness and the control over our pelvis to pick that bucket up so that its water isn't spilling if we want to be picking our horse up. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to open up our hips so that we're not needing to grip with our knee and our inner thigh and we're going to try and get our 
pelvis up into that nice upright bucket that's holding the water without spilling. The next thing I'll do with my students, which I can't do with you guys over an audio, is there's a little groove that is between the butt and the thigh. It's just below the hip joint. And so what I'll do is it can help to touch an area to develop the you know, brain to muscle connection. If you can feel that area being touched, it's easier to switch that muscle on. So what I'll do is I'll just put a hand onto this little groove that kind of sits, uh, it's just underneath your butt cheek, but it's to the side of your leg. Sorry, I don't have a specific muscle. I don't know what they're called to tell you exactly where, but what you want to do is you want to switch it on so that it pulls your legs back. So it's the same action of reaching to the back hooves with your heels and what you should feel is that it switches both your butt cheeks on so if you do it with both legs it should switch both of your butt cheeks your glutes on and you want to kind of feel like you're uh, squeezing your butt cheeks together like you're trying to suck a poo in (laughs) so we've got that nice long leg and it's reaching back but we've activated it by switching our glutes on So that's how you want to put your leg onto the horse. You don't want to be squeezing your leg by squeezing your inner thigh and turning your leg in because that rotates your pelvis down and then you're not able to move with the horse freely. You want to be squeezing those butt cheeks together so that it opens your pelvis and you're reaching for the back who's with your heels and that should bring your heels down underneath your seat. And then lift your toes. So we've got our upright bucket. We've got our heels reaching for our horse's back hooves so that we've got our uh, butt cheeks switched on and our toes up. That's our activated lower leg position from there and our seat position. From there, what I want you to imagine is you're slowly going to work up your spine and you're going to be thinking about your muscles cuddling your spine. So give your spine all the way up, a bit of love from your muscles. Think about you're not trying to like squeeze it in a vice-like grip and so that it hurts. You're thinking about sending your spine some love from your muscles. And then you're going to start at your lower back. You're going to work your way up and through your stomach and then through to your diaphragm and then through to between your shoulder blades and then up to the base of your neck. And that knobbly bit at the base of your neck is always the tricky one. Nobody wants to give that knobbly bit any love. So you're going to say to your vertebrae with love from the muscles so give it a nice little cuddle let your body stretch into it and wiggle around in there if you need to release any tension you want to give it a nice little cuddle from your muscles and then keep working up the base of your neck to the top of your neck into the base of your skull and this one always feels quite weird too is as you get up into the base of the skull you're going to really think about that nice little cuddle in around your spine 
And so what I find this really effective for is getting people up into a nice tall upright seat because we all have our own little natural curvatures of the spine and kinks and whatnot. And then we've also got how our spine is conditioned through years of sitting at a computer desk or you know whatever you're doing in your spare time is also conditioning your posture. So it can be difficult to actually switch your spine on into that nice upright position and I find that just giving your spine some love from your muscles and giving a your spine a nice little cuddle from them is really effective at getting that tall upright seat. What I can what I find uh, people often do wrong and instruction instructors and coaches often teach wrong is uh, you know things like taking your shoulders back to try and get your upright seat. We are looking for, um, you know, an alignment, but why would your, you know, why would your spine be in an alignment? It's because you're activating, activating the spine with your muscles, not because you're drawing your shoulders back. So what can happen is we get all of these like critiques of moving our body into different places that can result in us compromising and contorting our structural integrity instead of actually effectively stacking our spine or um, adjusting our posture. So that's what we're going to do at the halt. And then, so as you cuddle up your spine, it should lift your sternum. So your sternum comes up, your shoulder blades draw together, and then our hands come together forward and down to the width of the bit apart as our contact for our hands for our contact. And there should be a straight line, elbow, hands, reins to bed. So we'll start from the bottom, just shake it out. So that's what we call our active posture. And then what we're going to do now is go into our passive posture. You're going to go into shake it out, have a good wiggle and have a slouch. You've collapsed onto the couch and you're no longer having to hold yourself up. Okay, and then we're going to switch our posture on. So toes up, cuddle your legs around your horse's belly, switch your glutes on. Think about where that bucket is. See if you can get it upright pelvic floor on we off and then a little cuddle to your spine with love from your muscles work your way gradually up all the way through your shoulder blades through your neck make sure you spend some time on that knobbly bit at the base of your neck and then all the way up to the base of your skull and then you can shake it out and be a couch potato again wiggle it all out and go into your passive riding position so the next thing that we're going to do is we're going to do this at walk. So if you start off in your passive riding position, what you want to feel is that your lower back is really soft. You can almost tip the water out of the back of the, out of the back of the bucket and rotate your pelvis back a little bit there and just really experience the your lower back absorbing the movement of the horse. You will need enough activity in the walk that the horse's walk is kind of rocking you side to side it should be like drawing a figure of eight with your hip bones but they're elongated not circular like two little eggs sitting next to each other it's an 
kind of like an infinity symbol or a figure of eight where you've got um, you know nice big ovals coming up through your hip bones as your seat swings through with each hind leg. So as your seat swings through and that hip lifts, that is your horse's hind leg coming through. Now it's up to you how you feel most comfortable with understanding this and feeling this. You, you know, if you've got a friend that can watch you on the ground and can tell you when the legs are coming through, that can help also because there's two things that you potentially are feeling. You might feel the hip lift, which is when the hind leg is coming through, or you might feel your other hip collapsing, which is the hind leg going back out from underneath you. So as the horse's hind leg steps through, it lifts your hip up. And as, let's say, the left hind leg is coming through, it's lifting your left hip up. The horse's right hind leg is going back and your right hip will collapse. It will fall down to the right. And so then we're walking with our seat. The other thing that happens is that as the horse's hind legs are swinging through, their rib cage is also swinging side to side or their barrel is also swinging side to side. So let's say that left hind leg is coming through, the rib cage is pushing out to the right. So naturally you're going to want to swing your left leg on a little bit. So you've got your left hip up and your left leg is coming on, your right hip is relaxed and your right leg is relaxed and then you've got the right leg coming through, your right hip comes up, your right leg comes on and then uh, we're alternating between the two, left, right, left, right, left, right in a nice little swinging action with our horse. Try not to overthink it at this point because I can guarantee you a sick as you start overthinking it, your body will get too tense and then you won't be able to move freely with the horse. So you're really looking for having a super passive couch potato seat and allowing the horse to swing your body side to side and in that rhythm with your hips. Try not to override it with your seat. So if you're kind of like grinding your pelvis into the saddle to try and keep the walk. Your horse isn't active enough. It's not in front of your leg. You want to have a nice active walk that's making your seat swing. So as you're getting ready to switch your seat on and go into your active posture, what you want to be thinking about is like Maeve said, you want to imagine that you've got a little foot under each uh, butt cheek and as your um seat is swinging through you want to imagine that that foot is your butt cheek walking with your horse so we're going to activate our seat so switch your active riding muscles on toes up cuddle your calves and you want to feel your seat walking with the horse left right left right left right as you get into that rhythm and into that swing and you feel like you're walking along nicely with them you're going to give your spine some love from your muscles cuddle from the base of your spine see if you can keep your hips walking but it's okay if you can only concentrate on one part of your body at the same time keep cuddling all the way up giving your spine some love all the way up your body. What we're focusing on doing at this point is we're creating that wiring process where your brain is able to send the signals to the muscles to switch on and switch off. So you're really focusing into each little vertebrae of your spine and feeling what it would feel like to give it a cuddle from your muscles. 
all the way up between your shoulder blades to base of your neck and up through the length of your neck and then hold it for a little while and then go into your passive riding position. So drop your toes, relax into the saddle, uh, slop on your horse's back like they're a couch, let your lower back give out so that it's rounded out and you've got your bucket tipped back again. And so you're allowing your pelvis to move passively by the action created by the horse again. When we're in our passive position, we're going to have our horse on a long rein. So they're allowed to have a stretch and a relax as well. When we're coming up into our active riding position, we're going to take up the reins. So you've given your spine a cuddle all the way up through to the base of your skull and then you've got a straight line, elbow, hands, reins to bit and your hands together forward and down the width of the bit apart. And what you want to feel for in your hands is you want to feel your horse relax it into the contact. One of the main reasons for our horse bracing its neck and tensing its neck is the anticipation of the bit pressure in their mouth and the anticipation of us pulling them off balance. So they're brace bracing themselves in anticipation of uh, us pulling their mouths, whether it be to try and tuck their nose in to create a rounded frame or if we're trying to steer, they're anticipating the pull on their mouth and they brace against it so that they don't fall over and lose their balance. So what we're looking for is we're trying to develop a language where we're not pulling them off balance to steer them and then also the frame should just be the end result of your horse doing exactly what you're doing here where they're stacking their posture and then able to relax into your hands the rounded frame is just the end result of your horse's well stacked posture and them using themselves correctly if you're working a lot with submission to the bit then there's going to be other places where your body your horse's body isn't moving freely they're not going to be tracking up evenly behind they're not going to be able to work with relaxation and swing through their back and they're probably pulling themselves on the forehand because as soon as you ask for submission to the bit you're blocking the shoulders and then when the shoulders block it will inevitably block the hind legs from tracking through so you won't be getting proper engagement either. So what we're looking for is a straight line elbow hands reins to bit and our hands together forward and down and you're trying to feel for your horse relaxing its mouth into your hands. If you think about if you had somebody on your back telling you what to do with a piece of metal in your mouth, what would you want that to feel like? And if you were building trust and confidence, how could your horse have trust and confidence in your hands to not hurt them and also to not pull them off balance? So, you know, sometimes we do need to use our contact, but to the best of our ability and as a result of our ongoing training, we're going to be doing as much of our steering with our body and our seat as possible with our horses feeling like they can relax into our hands and seek our hands for direction. Okay, so we're going to take up our active riding posture again. So lift your toes, cuddle your calves, you want to imagine you've got those little butt feet walking along with your horse and your legs should be swinging along with them. And then you're going to cuddle your spine, 
Send some love to your spine from your muscles. Start at the base of your spine, working all the way up through your stomach, through your diaphragm, through your shoulder blades, to the base of your neck. Really give that knobbly bit of your neck a cut, good cuddle. Should feel your shoulder blades wanting to pull together and down so that it lifts your sternum up and then keep cuddling all the way up to the base of your skull and then hands together forward and down, width of a bit apart, straight line, elbow, hands, reins to bit. Uh, feel for your horse to relax into it and then keep that active position on for a little while and then invite your horse into a stretch and relax into your passive riding position. So what we're doing here is a combination of switching all of our posture muscles on and switching all our posture muscles off, developing coordination and sending the muscles the signals from the brain. I find that the students are doing quite well. Uh, as part of our warm-up, we do three stretches, three halts both ways. So we go invite the horse into a stretch, stack them up into contact, transition to halt, transition to walk. So we have started doing this without stirrups, working purely on these positional corrections at the same time as we're inviting our horses in to warm up in their stretch and stacks as well. We're looking for doing 15 minutes of walk with our horse before we're picking up the trot. This ensures that their joints are properly lubricated before we start adding concussion to it. So I find 15 minutes of doing this with your horse is really significantly improving the rider's position and awareness of their body. And this is how I really like to teach and how I really like to work with my students is I don't want to be saying shoulders back, heels down, legs back, you know, whatever. I want the body awareness. I want them to feel like they know when their body is stacked and when their body is not stacked. And so as a result, we're looking at bringing them more into that stacked position and being able to switch the muscles on rather than just like contorting them into a visually appeasing um, picture to look at. Why is the uh, upright seat aesthetically pleasing to look at because the posture is engaged and you're balanced. So rather than just trying to make your body straight, think about activating your posture so that you're creating an aesthetically pleasing picture because you're using your body functionally. From here, the students would pick up their stirrups and we would start doing what we call our pony push-ups, which is where we invite our horse into the stretch and walk. We pick them up into contact, ask for relaxation into the contact and then the transition into trot. That helps our horses develop the strength through their thoracic sling and the resistance to the gravitational pull of our weight on their back. Inevitably, as you take up your stirrups, you're going to feel really weird because it feels so strange to go from having your leg dropped long and around the horse and cuddling the horse this way to putting them up into the stirrups. But what we're looking at is we're having that angle in our knee for our rising trot so we get good clearance from our seat off the saddle, which allows our horses to trot freely with relaxation. 
So it's okay to, you know, change between riding without stirrups and then, um, you know, riding your rising trot with stirrups and getting up into your two-point seat because that's just a different state of balance and coordination that we're creating in our body. The biggest challenge is actually getting that same position that we were working on seated without stirrups actually getting it with stirrups because for some reason our body doesn't know how to relax and drop into the stirrups the same way as it knows how to relax and drop in without stirrups. So I hope you've enjoyed this training. Uh, If you haven't, (laughs) I'm sorry, I thought I'd give it a try. If you have enjoyed that uh, audio coaching experience and being able to try and implement it in the saddle, let us know and we can do more of them. Send us a message on Instagram or Facebook, jump on the link in the show notes and join our Facebook group or send us an email. Until next time, happy trails. If you're loving what you're listening to on the podcast, you might be starting to recognize that trying to control your horse through submission-based training is the worst way to ask your horse to look after you. If you're working with or riding horses, you know how unpredictable and sometimes scary they can be. Unfortunately, most struggling horse riders make the mistake of thinking they can physically control their 400 plus kilo fur babies by moving their feet or spooking them into responding with flags and join up. Without giving your horse a reason to care about you and look after you, you will most likely end up with a horse that is disconnected at best, shut down or explosive at worst because they can't communicate their needs with you, especially if you are already scared, worried or nervous handling your horse. That's why we've created our new free online training experience, building a connection with your horse. This is how I've gone about creating safe horses for beginners, no matter the breed or previous handling experiences. If you want to learn the secret source behind developing safe horses that care about you and look after you without trauma triggering training methods, register for our new training today at www.equestriumovement.com forward slash connection and I will uncover the three big mistakes you might be making if you're trying to build a relationship with your horse and how you can start building your horse's trust and confidence in you as a leader worth following.